Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On Fitzpatrick. But when it comes to winning the Auckland 1A Championship, it's been a 58-year wait. They take on St. Kennigan today in that 1A final. Uh, we will talk the FIFA Women's World Cup after 12 o'clock and we'll also get the thoughts of Frank Endicott on the Warriors season and that performance last night getting up over Manly by 29 points to 22 and I'd love to get a little bit of a, a hear from Warriors fans this morning on that victory another scrappy win but a win that's what I'm loving about this Warriors team this year they're not dropping their head They're in the fight. They're winning ugly, but they're winning, which is just such a contrast to Warriors teams over the last 10 years. I'm the first guy to put my hand up and say I got it wrong at the start of the season, but I'm not the only one. Let's be honest. The Warriors have been woeful for so long. Not too many people believed that they were going to turn things around like they have. I'm not a coward wise after the fact. I'll say things when I'm asked. Sometimes I get it right. Sometimes I get it wrong. So congratulations to the Warriors again. Congratulations again to Sean Johnson on the seasons he's having. What did you make of that performance last night? Were you a little bit nervous when they were trailing 22-16 at halftime? Wasn't a great defensive performance from them. A lot of errors creeping in. We all sort of put our head on our, over our eyes and said, oh God, the Warriors of old, here we go. But again... They showed the mental fortitude. They learned how to lose in the first half to learn how to win in the second half. Let's just give you a little bit of a reminder of that Warriors performance last night. Here's their corner, straight to a hole. He's got pace to burn. Marata, he goes all the way. And the Warriors, number 12, takes the dagger and sticks it into the hearts of the Sea Eagles. It's 26 points to 22 with seven and a half minutes to play, Kimby. Yeah, there you go, Sammy Hewitt and Tony Kemp with the call. 0800 150 It's just been a wonderful ride. One of the talking points this week, and again, I want to expand the conversation here when it comes to the Warriors, is that if they make the playoffs, the NRL own the rights. They take all the gate takings, and they want to take potentially the Warriors out of Mount Smart Stadium and play them at Eden Park. After all, they'll get 25000 into... Mount Smart, which is the minimum requirement in terms of the number of seats for a playoff game under the uh, NRL code, and want to take it to Eden Park, where they potentially could get 45,000, and therefore fill the coffers. It is absolutely appalling and disgusting from the NRL to even consider this. Why would you take a team's home advantage away from them? You never, ever put commercial decisions ahead of performance decisions. And the Warriors and Cam George has said they will fight this. I would more than fight this. I would go on strike. Eden Park, it's not a home advantage for the Warriors. It's a completely different ground. It's a better ground than Mount Smart. Mount Smart 
and apologies for the language, is a shithole, but it's the warrior shithole, and it works. Hard place to play, great atmosphere, Penrose Park. Does anybody believe that taking this to Eden Park is a good idea? Yes, it'll give more fans the opportunity to potentially get to the playoffs and see the Warriors. But do we lose that edge? 0800 150 is the number if you do want to phone the programme and talk about the Warriors. Right, I want to play some audio now from Eddie Jones, the Wallabies coach. This has been well documented during the week as well. I've got a slightly different take on it. I want you to hear from Wallabies coach Eddie Jones, who has a habit of writing checks with his mouth that perhaps his body or his team can't cash. He's a colourful character. Uh, he has, a, 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 I guess, a love-hate relationship with the media, and this was a great example of it during the week. None of you guys think we can do any good, so that's all right. Uh, the challenge is for us as a group to show you that we can and show ourselves that we can. And I think it's, like, it's just a great image for Australian rugby to have a young team ready to take on the world. OK, so we're going off to the World Cup, you think we can't win. You think the selection process is bad because the players complain. So I'm, I apologise for that. So we'll go out there and do our best, boys. So if you haven't got anything positive to say, don't ask, please. But I know you blokes think we can't do any good, so... So don't ask any questions, boys. Just be, be the pessimist you are. Keep Australian rugby where it's been. Keep it where it's been. Complain about players that, that don't get selected. Keep doing about that, because it's fantastic, because we love it. Eddie, I don't think it's a reflection of just the media. I think if you go into a World Cup campaign, there's a course rate going to be something new coverage. Yeah, no, 100%. These questions are relative. 100%. So we haven't been good enough. Really no, let him keep going, mate. I love this. I love this negativity. It's fantastic. I love it. Love it. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. What was the real... What did you see the difference? Oh, nothing, mate. We're terrible. You know we're terrible. Just tell us we're terrible. And we'll prove you wrong. I can feel this negativity coming out. I can't. I've got to wash myself off, boys. I've got to wash myself off because it's just sticking, sticking to me. Thanks for the worst press conference I've ever had in world rugby. Worst press conference. Well done, boys. That is the worst I've ever seen. Worst I've ever seen. So, Eddie Jones there. Um, I think the media have every right to ask questions. After all, they've lost four on the trot and the Wallabies have been pretty woeful in the last couple of years. Um, there have been other Australian coaches who have been prickly at times uh, with the media. Now, if I'm in that press conference, I'm going to fire straight back intelligently. I'm not going to accept the answers or the narrative necessarily. And I thought the journalist did a really good job there in highlighting part of the reason for the negativity. And it's actually based on results. I think Wayne Bennett can be a little arrogant at times in media conferences and a little bit prickly. Um, but I'm going to say this, I love Eddie Jones and it's what rugby needs. We need that colour, we need that narrative and it's he's a breath of fresh air. Suddenly provides a little bit of interest outside of just the 80 minutes. You know, in New Zealand we're just all so damn polite We've dumbed everything down. You're not allowed to say anything negative anymore. No, Kate, no coaches hate another coach. There's no animosity from one player to the next. The answers are just rehearsed. 
and we wonder why people are no longer watching the game. Viewing numbers are down. Spectator numbers are down. We need the colour. We need the train wreck. Eddie Jones brings it, and I wish we had a bit more of it here in New Zealand sport. You would have heard me say this before. I am sick and tired of sports organisations treating us like we are 100% pure, that we are of the highest moral standing. And for those reasons, they need to be squeaky clean. We're not. We are flawed. We love a train wreck. The fact that the most popular TV shows are Married at First Sight and Love Island because they're basically just an absolute train wreck sums up humanity. Manster features on the... Man's, man's uh, weaknesses and flaws are on the front pages of the newspapers. Man's victories are on the back because we love a train wreck. And sport needs to start actually realising that. Mixed martial arts is one of the biggest sports in the world because it's violent. The most rational people will stand at a rugby game and watch a good punch-up in state of origin. Sport needs colour. Sport needs its heroes. Sports needs its villains. Well done to Eddie Jones. Love the guy. Brilliant. People are talking about Australian rugby. People are standing around the water cooler discussing it. When was the last time we stood around a water cooler and talked about anything to do with the game of relevance outside of, say, the all-black selections? Never. You know, perfection in mankind is about 80%. The other 20% were all just flawed. If you go back through the history of mankind, mankind does two things well. It keeps the species going, i.e. sex, and we kill each other. Sex sells, violence sells. Somewhere in the middle you've got a game of sport. Now, I'm not saying that we need violence, but what I'm saying is sport needs its narratives around the negative as much as it needs its narr narratives around the positive. And we don't have that anymore here in New Zealand. Mind you, we've barely got freedom of speech these days, have we? 0800 your thoughts on Eddie Jones? You can talk about his behaviour there. But wouldn't it be nice if we had a bit of that colour here in New Zealand, eh? A little bit of those personalities. 0800 is the number. I'm going to take a break. You can text us here on 8833 on the Temper Bedpost text machine. And I'll read out some of the texts that have come in. I've got a couple of other talking points, but I'd love someone just to try and kick this hour off. Just jump on the phone. Anything, too, that you've observed throughout the week or that's been on your mind, I'd love to hear from you. Talk to me. Talk back is a better experience when you jump on the phones. 0800 150811. Seventeen minutes after ten, the texts are rolling in on the temper bed test bed post text machine, and I love this one. Your bluntness is refreshing, Mark. Don't change. That comes from Phil. Welcome back, Mark. Theme tune instantly recognisable. Reaction after Warriors went to the park last earlier this year. Does the venue matter? I do think it matters a lot. I think it does. It has become a fortress. 
Uh, Eddie Jones has lost the plot. Wherever he goes, he's lost the plot, but you love Eddie. And someone's texting in, great start, Wado. Love, hate Eddie. Agree with you, Wado. I personally think Eddie Jones is the John Didvick of this era and breathes life into an otherwise fairly mundane and predictable narrative that spin doctors peddled out today. And Cookie, you summed that up brilliantly. I mean, look at Ricky Stewart. He provides some colour in the NRL. Wayne Bennett, as I mentioned. You know, you look at the scandals that happen off the field there, and yet it all comes together. It is a huge product. You look at the you look at uh, the English Premier League. It's just got so many multiple narratives, positive, negative. It's an eclectic mix. It's an integrated sort of um, storyline. Uh, Mike saying, hey, wow, heavy stuff on humanity for a Sunday, Saturday morning. Where are the usual two guys that make me smile about sport? Probably somewhere singing Kumbaya, my lord. Lovely to have you listening, Mike. Uh, frustrated Warriors fan, in danger of ruining a great season, can't understand why wingers can't just mark their opposing wingers. We have the worst two defence wingers in the comp and it will cost us. Thank you for the text. Hi, Paul. Morning. What are, yeah, no, don't change, mate. You, you're, you're out of breath of fresh air. Um, just on that text regarding uh, the stadium, you know, that, that atmosphere last night was just out of this world at the stadium. And, you know, if, if they go to Eden Park, the concrete jungle that you're miles away from the field, it would be, yes, you'll get maybe 20 more thousand. But last night was just uh, an electric, electric um, atmosphere, mate. Oh, look, you'd be giving up a huge amount, and I think it's appalling from the NRL even suggesting it, that they're somehow going to put a commercial decision ahead of a team's performance decisions for a team that have been struggling for 10 years, a team that for the last two years sacrificed so much under COVID, and now you want to somehow try and you know, level this out and give the opposition an opportunity. Uh, it, it, it's, it's absolutely appalling from um, those running the game, but it doesn't actually surprise me either, Paul. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll see what happens. We've got to get there first. But um, I'm not sure what to make of this team, to be honest, mate. I, I, I thought last night was an opportunity for them after two uh, scratchy games. The first, the, the Titans game was clunky after the bye, and then the Tigers game was pretty clunky as well. And last night, you know, to to to, to go in at half time down, you know, and then letting that early try. Um, I guess the positive side is that they found a way to win and... and you know, they, they found a way to come back. And Warriors teams of the past probably would have waved the white flag. But, you know, that's three games in a row. They really need to, if they're going to um, if they're gonna go deep into the finals, they need to, you know, this next game against the Dragons, they need to really drill them into the ground, mate, and, and show, show them what they've got to. Yeah, don't disagree. I often say this, you know, they talk about the NRL, that you don't win the competition in April and June. You actually start to win the competition in yeah in August and it's those teams that get on on a run it's those teams that just get that momentum at the right time and start actually going on that upward curve and I'm like you I sit there I'm delighted that the Warriors are winning I'm delighted with the improvement we've seen but yeah you still sit there at the playoffs and think but are they showing us enough is there enough metal here I I still sense we're just missing a Kevin Campion type player to maybe go the whole way yeah, and just looking at some of them, um, you know, Sean's obviously got a slight injury on his hammy, and you know, Torhu looks battered and bruised, and you know, I, I think if they do go deep, they'll be limping into the finals. But and then, and then if you look at the other teams like Penrith, they, they're just another level. But in saying that, I, the guys do rise when they play against those top teams. You know, they really pushed uh, the Broncos, you know, um, pretty hard, and, and even the Panthers. So. 
they, they can do it. It's just a matter of whether we, we've got a, a good team fit and ready to go and, and also mentally, you know, and once we hit those the finals. Yeah, I guess the only thing is really outside of the Broncos and the Panthers, there the other teams below us have probably been almost a mirror image of what the Warriors are doing. And I'd imagine the concerns we have around the Warriors' recent performances are probably similar from those teams directly below us, whether you're a Storms, whether you're a fan of the Storm or the Sharks, the Raiders, the Rabbitohs, or even the Knights. Yeah, yeah, that's right, mate. But uh, no, it was a great atmosphere. They'll get another sellout next next week, and um, it was good. Also, just quickly on to see a lot of those old boys last night come out of the tunnel. They, um, those old, a lot of them from the 2002 Grand Final, and and what a what a five dollars of every ticket went to uh, Daniel Anderson and. Um, you know they really paid good tribute to him, mate, and um, it was uh, it was a great night last night. Did, did you go to the game, Paul? Yeah, yeah. And and, yeah. You, and you're phoning from Northland. Where do you live? Did you drive down for it? Yeah, me and my boy, we drove down yesterday. Um, we always get down early and watch the New South Wales Cup side, and then uh, we just booked a motel last night. So we're heading back very shortly, back up. Yeah. Well, what's um what's what's the sort of the rugby league landscape like up in Northland? Uh, I'll tell you what, um, it's, it's it's booming. My, my boy plays for a club called Moirewa Tigers, and they've got they've got um, juniors six, eight, twelve, fourteen, sixteens, and, and scenes are going well. No, it, it is. It's re- it's doing really well. It, it is split into two competitions: um, the TRL and the and the Northland Rugby League. Um, but no, it's, um, it's it's going really good. And as you know, there's been some great players come from mm. come from Northland. Um, you know, represent New Zealand and the Warriors in the past. But uh, it's going good, mate. Yeah, not good. Hey, lovely to have you on the program, Paul. Greatly appreciated. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, mate. 23 minutes after 10, you're listening to SENZ. Telephone numbers 0800 150811. You can text us here on the Temper Bed Post text machine, 8833. Hi, Lyle. Hi, Lyle. I managed to collect $335 because I backed exactly for a seven-point margin. Uh, I've done quite well out of Sean Johnson and his drop kicking, but getting to the match, look, I, the last three games, I think they, they're looking tired. When I say tired, not physically, but mentally. Mm. There's a lot of journeymen in that team that have played very well, but I think they the tank may be starting to rattle, and at this time of the year, you've got to lift the gear. Hopefully I'm wrong, but uh, yeah, I think he probably needs to rest for Noah Blake and a couple of others, and... Um, hopefully refreshing them because in a couple of weeks when it goes to the semis it'll step up a gear and the last three performances you know they scored some brilliant tries last night and then five minutes later they'd leak one and they're not going to go deep into the finals unless they can address that fact no, look, I'll say this, when it gets down to the business end, it's defence that wins the competition. It's defence that'll win the NRL. It's not so much your attack, it's your, it's your mental fortitude on defence. Um, Eden Park, Mount Smart, do you think there's much in that in terms of giving away potentially the home game advantage? Can the Warriors win at Eden Park as well as they can win at home? You know, a ground's a ground, but I've spoken to people close to the club, I'm not going to name names, and they said they've heard nothing about going to Eden Park. But my understanding is that the NRL control the semis Correct. completely. Correct. And I did hear Cameron George say on the radio, no, he'd go hammer and tong for uh, Mount Smart, but he, then he considered at the end, Volandis is probably going to tell him where to go. But first of all, they'd have to speak to Eden Park. That may or may not be available when they want it. But going back to that, Mark, I'm a South Sydney supporter, but for the last two years, 
that club's kept them afloat, and they couldn't even invite them to go. Sorry, I get a bit emotional. Couldn't even invite them to go to Las Vegas, and now they want to tell them where they can play their semi. Jesus, it's a bit over the top. Oh no! It, 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 as I say, uh, you, you know, it, it, there should be no commercial decision, but a performance decision for a club, and the club should ultimately decide on where they want to play. Uh, look, I, I was amazed that West Tigers. I, I get all the sentiment, but even taking their home game to Hamilton. I mean, why would you do that? You're dealing with such small percentages. What's in it? I, I mean, you, you, you just concede the little advantage that you've got. It, it makes no sense to me. If you had Benji Marshall come out saying, oh, and no, I would do the same thing, you know, the Warriors have done it tough. Forget that. It is what it is. Move on, man. Do not give away your advantage. Think of your damn fans. Well, you know, the, the NRL said, oh, we won't forget this Warriors. Da, 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 da. Looks like the only club that didn't forget it was the Tigers. Yeah, it's all right to speak platitudes and we'll look after you. Mm. Uh, look, the Tigers have got plenty of support in Hamilton, probably through Benji and other things. And um, yeah, good on, no, I say good on the Tigers. So I mean, at this stage, they probably uh, wasn't going to matter. But yeah, somebody close to the club said to me, "Oh, they only came here because they couldn't get a ground in Sydney." And I said, "Yeah, well, that's correct. But they could have easily taken the game to Dubbo or Country New South Wales, which get very few games." So the Tigers stuck to their word and they came through. So and I dip my hat to them. As for Volandis, he talks a good game, but uh, he doesn't deliver. They should be going to Las Vegas as a thank you for what they did the last two years. But you look at the clubs that are going and they're all the favourites. The Roosters, Manly, <laughs> Broncos. It's, yeah, it's very poor. Yeah, no, look, and, and, not, and Lyle, and I agree with you. Um, look, even if there is logic in the decisions they make you've got to deal with perception the perception deals that there is a favoritism that there are certain clubs established clubs with a rich history that are going to get the rub of the green uh, whether it comes to refereeing decisions whether it comes to going to las vegas and some of those other decisions and i'll keep saying this and it's sort of um it's a point i was going to bring up here it's a bit like the owen farrell situation for society to work you've got to have a fair system whether it be judiciary whatever it's got to be a fair system and when a large group of people start to believe, rightly or wrongly, that it's not a fair system, that's when society starts to fall over. That's when rugby league starts to get himself into trouble at a micro level. Lyle, lovely to have you on the programme. Uh, can I just say that too? The Owen Farrell situation is absolute disgrace. It's just the English aristocracy It is just so morally corrupt. Well done on World Rugby appealing this. He deserves a three-week suspension. He's got a history of it. And if they don't, and you're a team at the Rugby World Cup, you get a player sent off, you simply go to the judiciary, you run the video of Owen Farrell and go, well, you've given him nothing. We want an honest and fair judiciary system. I'm going to get nothing because it should be based on precedent. Anyway, that, that, I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent, but if you do want to comment on the Owen Farrell situation again, uh, 0800 150811, you can text us here on 8833. Hi, Michael. Hey, what are, how are you? Good, thank you. Good, good. Hey, um, a couple of things. I mean, Eddie's just being Eddie, isn't he? Isn't it all part of the narrative? Isn't it all part of a, what we do to get people wound up? And I think it's just a, it's good theatre, isn't it? Oh, it is. It's great theatre. And it is Eddie Jones. That's who he is. That's his personality. Uh, no different yeah. than, I guess, Scott Robertson has his quirkiness about him when it comes to breakdancing at the end of the game. 
and uh, you know his personality is very different than that, say, of what we'd expect from Ian Foster and what we expect from Steve Hansen. Um, but there's a certain colourfulness about it, which I think has an appeal. And I think that rugby's better for having those personalities. Totally agree. Sport needs that because otherwise, I mean, I think there's elements of media everywhere that are too close to too close to the power brokers in the game and are too scared to speak the truth. Um, and I think you know, we've had that conversation in the past. Hey, just going to Owen Farrell, a um, couple of things on that. Was, was the judiciary not made up of Australians? Or did I hear that wrong? I, I thought I heard the judiciary panel was Australians. Yeah, I, I understand it was Australians, um, but Australians or not... I mean, you, I'm not trying to defend the decision. No, I, no, I but Australians or not, you just felt somehow, um, somehow with the English that they were going to get away with this. Uh, uh, look, I, I don't know how, but there was a sense of paranoia when you heard that he was going in front of the judiciary that somehow he was going to get away with this and he got away with it, rightly or wrongly. And I'm not sure what it is about England. I'm not sure what it is about English players. Um, But it just seems to me that yeah, when it comes to maybe England and English players, it's not a level playing field. Um, Yeah, I don't think he'll get away with it. Now, I... I would have thought that his old man has put his neck out on the line criticising everyone, though. Well, yeah, I, I mean, he should just shut up too. I mean, look, you know, he'd absolutely cry if it was, um, you know, if it was against an Irish team um, or if one of his players was, you know, if it was if the shoe was on the other foot. So, But if his son had taken out Sexton and put him out of the game with a concussion for six weeks, all hell would break loose, right? I love the way that they jump up and down and go, oh, the media have got to leave them alone. Hang on a minute. They're more than happy to have the media when things are going well so they can become really popular. They're more than happy to use social media to promote themselves. They're more than happy to use the media to enhance their profile to pick up all these additional endorsements. My point is you can't live by the sword and not expect to die by the sword. Exactly. And my last quick point is... um, the Warriors are a hard watch at the moment, but like, I agree with what you said at the top of your show. You know, like they're, they're getting it done and they've got the two points and a win's a win and whether it's ugly or not is, is debatable. But um, I did hear Cameron George uh, earlier in the week um, saying that um, they don't really get a choice. If they're forced to Eden Park, they'll be, he can have the argument with Philandes, but it's probably quite a short argument and probably not one who thinks he's going to win, which will be a shame. Yeah, but, 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 but the that's... But, side of it is 50,000 people, 50,000 people might give them a, a bigger roar than 25, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah but, but, okay, but, but I get that then. So why not then take every, you know, not saying necessarily this year because I'm not sure how it's going to play out, but then if you're going to do that... Why not then try and take, say, the Melbourne Storm to the MCG where you might get 80,000? You, you know, you could. You, why don't you take every single one of the Sydney clubs and play them at the Sydney Football Stadium or wherever and take the home advantage away completely so that they're neutral venues all the way through and it's just all about capacity? And then at least it's a level playing field. But you can't do it for one club and not other clubs. You know, there's a reason why, you know, I'm a big Liverpool football club fan and you talk to people and you talk to even the other clubs, even Guardiola, Pep Guardiola, you go back and have a look at all the great managers um, and they will tell you that playing at Anfield is like playing at no other ground, that there is something special about that place. When that crowd gets going, it's a very hard place to win. My point is there is 
you know, there is a genuine argument in around the idiosyncrasies of a home ground, whether the stadium is absolute crap um, or not. And teams should not have to give that up. They've worked hard to earn the home playoff. You shouldn't take it away from them. Is that what makes Mount Smart so good that it is an asshole? <laughs> well, it is. I'll say this, and I'm happy to say it, and I apologise for the language. It's a shithole, but it's the warrior shithole, and it's a hard place to play. Yeah, exactly, and that's what, that's what probably makes it what it is and why, yeah. why they're pretty hard to beat there. But anyway, hey, I hope they do well, and, mate, good to have you back on the airwaves as always because you bring a great perspective to everything, and um, that's, this is what we need, so well done. Hey, thank you. Lovely to have you on the programme, Michael. Thank you. 0800 150811 is the number. Uh, just a text that's come in on the Temper Bedpost text machine. What I love your show. With the Warriors, I'm proud the way they are grinding out wins at the moment. Nowhere near perfect by any means. Defensively, they did uh, turn up that second half with such a massive uh, comp and long season. Fatigue and injuries are going to affect them. So depth and fitness are going to stretch um, them at the moment. And that comes from Dave. Yeah, but I think you can apply that across all the teams. You know, we look at it through our eyes. Oh, our players are tied. We've got these injuries. But have we really done the due diligence on the likes of the Roosters, uh, the likes of the Sharkies? I'm sure if you sit down and talk to the hardcore fans, they'll be equally as critical this time of the year or they'll be concerned about certain players. So it's sort of economies of scale to a degree. However, when you do look at the performances of Brisbane and Penrith, you're going to need to be better than we are if we are to progress. 25 minutes away from 11. 0800 150 is the number. Time. Okay, lovely to just kick things off with a little bit of ACDC. We'll bring some Guns and Roses in a little bit later. Um, look, just text us here on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Temper and Bedposts, range of mattresses and adjustable bases. Adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. And we all want a good bed, don't we? Right, Cam is going to bring us some sports headlines. How are you, Cam? All right, you behaving? Yeah, behaving. Behaving good. Behaving good this week, but yeah, we're here with the headlines. What have we got going on? What are the big stories? All right, so the Warriors game last night, it's their six-game streak, and it's the first time since 2002 that that's happened. Do you think we need to lose a game to make sure that we get it right coming into the playoffs? Do we need to just again learn how to lose to learn how to win, or do we just want to maintain the momentum? You do sense that, yes, while this team is winning at the moment, some players, just due to fatigue alone, might just be a little bit past their use-by date and maybe just need a little bit of a break, perhaps. Yeah, honestly, it, it, it might be good for a bit of a break, but then also to humble again. Yep. Just sort of lose that reminder. game, just to remind you, hey, you're not the gods of the league. Humble them, and then they can come back in with full momentum. Yeah, because it has been, because we weren't expecting anything. And they've gone exceeded all our expectations. It's got a little bit sycophantic, hasn't it? A little bit sycophantic. And you know, it, we and because we're one country, one team, they dominate a large part of our media. And I would imagine that you know, as a player, you, you can't avoid reading about how great you are. And there are some dangers in that. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. That is, I mean. The, the players might have a bit of a goal complex, complex reading that, you know, when they're on the media, they only see the Warriors because we've only got that one team. Whereas if there was another team in New Zealand playing, it might lessen that off a bit. 
But yeah, I reckon they do need to lose just one just to rest up and then humble them. What else have we got? We have, uh, well, Harry Kane has gone over to Bayern Munich and he has done brilliant on his debut uh, with a goal and an assist against, oh, they did 4 0 against SV Werder Bremen. Werder, Werder Bremen, yep. yeah. Werder Bremen. Yep. Uh, yeah. They absolutely dominated that game. Yeah, no, good on them for th- going. I mean, you can sit there and play in the English Premier League and become the leading goal scorer and go down in history. Someone will break that record or you can go to Germany and try and win the Champions League and win some trophies. Why not? Yeah, exactly. But coming up, like, uh, behind Harry Kane is Harlan in Man City. He's just dominating on his first season. Yeah, well, he, he he's, um, yeah. Nah, he, he's he's a good footballer, Harland. They've lost De Bruyne in midfield, so it'll be interesting to see how City progress with arguably the best midfielder in the world no longer available. But at the end of the day, we only talk Liverpool on my station, my shows. You're probably not aware of that, but we'll, we'll have that <laughs> chat another time. Yeah, I'll see. I'm, I'm a Man City guy. Yeah, you know, you'll get over it. <laughs> and uh, up next, we got the um, Black, Black Caps struggled to beat UAE by 19 runs in the 2020 series opener in Dubai. Yeah, look, 2020 cricket's fickle. It's not my thing. I mean, if we were to lose to Dubai, would we be mourning? Were we sitting around the cafe talking about? Probably not. And that's what I don't like about T20 cricket. I think what McCullum has done with Ben Stokes, the way England are playing test cricket, is the solution. Play test cricket faster. Bring more excitement to the game. Make that the number one product because it's it's got meaning to it. Every player in history is judged by what they do at international, at what they do at test level. It's just the reality of it. And the quicker every other country adapts that approach, I think cricket's in a good place. If test cricket was to go down the path of just being mundane and too strategic, then I think cricket loses its audience. Because T20 cricket, as I said, it's yeah, it's it's um, it's a novelty, but there's no real um, what's the word? There's no real jeopardy whether you win or lose. And one day cricket, well, it's just got no place with everything else. So yeah. Anything else? Uh, we also have, well, later on the show, Ben Stokes. Yep, we are. We're going to hear a little bit about Ben Stokes, Garth Galloway on the programme. We're going to talk some cricket after 11 o'clock. And again, special thanks to Razine Paints, decorating Kiwi homes since 1946 for bringing that particular segment. Okay, Cam, thank you for that. Uh, just some more texts that have come in. Watto, why would the Warriors want to go to Las Vegas? Well, personally, I don't want them going to Las Vegas. Um, we had a caller on the programme uh, who's very much a Rabbitohs fan, who's keen for them to go to Las Vegas. I mean, you'd only go to Las Vegas. Um, and, sorry, I should read the rest of the text. Why, why should the Warriors want to go to Las Vegas? Extra travel on top of their already uh, loaded travel schedule, potentially giving up the actual home game in front of Mount Smart Faithful for a gimmick. The Kiwi test in the US was a flop. State of origin drew just 12,000 when they took it to America. That uh, Up the wires, that comes from CS. Now, I completely agree with you, mate. You might, you know, you might take a preseason game there, um, but you are right. I mean, it's a long flight. It's a long haul up to California. Time you leave, get to the airport, delays, get on the plane, get at the other end, get to Vegas, turn up. Uh, again, even for a cash injection, don't put commercial decisions ahead of performance decisions. I think one thing you've seen this year with the NRL is you are dealing with small percentages, very small percentages. Some nights, some games, difference between a good sleep and a bad sleep for some individual players. Well said, Cess. Appreciate the text. 15 minutes away from 11. 0800 150811. We'll take a break. Do just want to touch a little bit more on the Owen Farrell situation. Got a couple of other little editorials that I just want to put out there. And if we've got time, please jump on the phones.
10 minutes away from 11, you are listening to the Saturday session. Mark What's No Grant Elliott uh, this morning. Not sure where he is. In fact, someone told me that he was in the United States playing in some Masters 10s cricket competition. No Daniel McCarty either. Uh, look, another text that's come in from Sean just on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Hey, what up? In the NRL, I believe the first round of finals can be played at a home ground. Then after that, they take the to the bigger stadiums. Yes, that, that is correct. Yep. The likes of Manly have had to play their home games at ANZ against the Rabbitohs, which would be more of a home game for them. They've done it for a while now. Yeah, thanks for that, Sean. Look, they might have done it for a while. I just don't agree with it. I don't agree with commercial decisions going against a performance decision. You've got this, you've got a thing called merit. Um, throughout the regular season. And if you do well, you get the home advantage. If you do really well, you get two lives in the playoffs. And teams should be rewarded for that. And fans should be rewarded for that. And teams should play in the home game, should be able to play their home games at their grounds, no matter what the size. Have a look at Luton Town that have just been promoted into the English Premier League. It is an absolutely tiny, tiny ground. In fact, I'll get Cam just to Google for me how the capacity of Luton's home ground. Bournemouth is another one. But it is what it is. That's their history. That's their heritage. Hey, thank you for the text though, Sean. Uh, look, I just wanted to touch too on the MPC and the comments this week from Mark Robertson. I know this was earlier in the week and I just haven't had a chance on it. Um, Mark Robertson coming out and saying, look, the MPC is not sort of working in its current format. Uh, no shit, Sherlock. Who's to blame? New Zealand rugby's to blame. The previous administration of Steve Chu and this current administration. And what these morons don't get that are running the game in this country is that super rugby's going down exactly the same path. It's no longer appointment viewing. It's, it's, it's no longer what I would call the default setting at night. You, you're happy to miss it because you know you can get the results somewhere. And so we don't have a lot left. All I see with New Zealand rugby is the corporatisation of it. It's just all about money now. It's all about the All Blacks. But if you don't have an MPC, where's the aspiration? How do these unions bring in the commercial dollars? Where do the super rugby teams pick their players from? What, schoolboy rugby? Can't pick from club rugby because that's geared too. You know, you go through the board of New Zealand rugby and these very high-powered people, these people with these impressive CVs. But my gut feeling is, and it's just my opinion, that they've all got their head in the trough. They've all got their blazers. They're on the board of New Zealand rugby. They're more interested in being able to wine and dine with all-black captains and fly first class around the world and go to the big events. They have just lost touch with the everyday fan with the stalwarts of club rugby around the country. The number one product in this country should be the MPC. We should find a way of making that work, turning it into the English Premier League. Where does the money go that the All Blacks generate? All I seem to do is seem to get, it's top heavy with executives and staff, 
I mean, why? We're in a really nice building down here in Parnell. New Zealand Rugby's here. Why are they paying exorbitant rent in Parnell, in this beautiful building, when they could easily pay about a third and have a really nice building somewhere in Mount Roskill? I guarantee all the executives fly first class when they fly somewhere. I mean, the amount of money that is wasted. I mean, MPC, I do think, should be semi-professional only in terms of the payment system. I think most players are happy just to represent their province. It's an honour for them. They know it's a stepping stone to a super rugby contract. That then is a stepping stone to higher honours. I think a lot of the unions, and we saw it last week, North Harbour Canterbury played at Onywa Domain, got out of the main stadium. I think Auckland Rugby should get out of Eden Park. It's costing the union a fortune every time they play there. People are not turning up. But it's New Zealand rugby at fault here. They have moved us from all black fans, or moved us, sorry, from rugby fans to being all black fans. And the game's in real trouble. And as I said earlier, these idiots can't actually see that exactly what they did with the NPC they're now doing to Super Rugby. The only people making any money in this country are the administrators and the players. And even the players don't want to play anymore because they're tired all the time. Honestly, rugby is run by morons. You might want to have your say on that a little bit later. Telephone number later on in the program is 0800 150811. You can text us here on 8833. Uh, Razine, going to bring us our cricket segment after 11 called Swinging Both Ways. wonder who came up with that name, Swinging Both Ways. Courtesy of Razine for expert paint and colour advice. We'll also talk some schoolboy rugby before midday as well. Keep your texts coming on the temper bed, on the temper bed post text machine.